Live from Seville, this is The Twilight Show with Harry Waters and you are listening live. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I hope you are well, I hope you are there. It is lovely to be back on the airways with Teachers Talk Radio. We are absolutely live um, and we are coming at you here from Seville where it is rather warm right now here in Seville. Um, I'm sitting here in the front office and I am absolutely sweating buckets. Oh my goodness gracious me, it is incredibly warm. And we had a few days of rain, which was lovely. Um, It was very nice to have a few days of rain for the first time in, who knows, forever. Uh, But then we, yeah, we had a week or so of rain and I suddenly was like, wow, yeah, amazing. This is cool again. Um, and then it came back. The heat came back. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's pretty warm. Um, it is coming up to the end of term here, though, in Spain. We have one week and two days left. This year, my daughter's birthday actually is on the last day of term. And it was wonderful today because for the second week in a row, uh, I went and did a workshop at her school where we talked about the dangers of plastic, of course, um, but we also talked about what we can do about it. And we talked about the power of an idea um, and what can happen with one idea, where it can go, how far it can spread um, and who it can get to. So um, we talked all about our sphere of influence and we tried to mention the power of their voices. Um, And it was lovely today because we had all sorts of family members there. There was, I was there, my daughter was there. She also um, helped out, of course, with the session. And my wife was there to take pictures and, and make sure I didn't make an absolute clown of myself, which um, it's pretty rare that I don't make an absolute clown of myself. Um, and I didn't, so it was nice. Um, but how is everybody? How are you today? Today's session, I'm, I'm really excited about it because I'm I'm joined by five teachers that I know from across the globe who I've worked with and um, they've inspired me to to make a difference to my own teaching and they've made a difference in their own teaching and it's just been great to be connected to these incredible people um, for the last few years and to learn from them and to be able to build and, and on everything they've taught me it's just been absolutely brilliant so I've got five interviews today for everybody to listen to um, about their their inspiration, why they became English teachers, why they stayed as English teachers. And if possible, I do have another one. I'm trying to download it at the moment. It's um it's being very interesting. I'm trying I did this interview over on Telegram. So uh, I'm trying to find a way of getting the Telegram audios onto my computer. I'm sure there's a way of doing it. Um, I need Steve Woods uh, to give me some two minute tech advice on what I should do to download these different items and we also had our we're finishing our project at the moment I'm just about to put a reel together that you can check out over on Renewable English on Instagram Um, putting a reel and on Facebook of course I am putting a reel together to show um, this last this end of year project we're doing with our our youngest class we have upcycled some macetas in English plant pots and I've been propagating some um succulents for the last month and a half so they were all ready to go they were ready to plant so they've all got their own little succulent to take home with them to remind them 
of how wonderful this year has been. They've, they've made them, I said to themselves, the, the plant pot. They've made it out of plastic that they collected and they've, they've made, they've upcycled it so they can now take it home and uh, have a little plant from this year. Hopefully they'll be coming back next year for more classes. Um, it would be wonderful. They are some lovely students and it's, it's great to have the opportunity to teach them. And the second class that we work with are a bit older and they're all creating their own protest to plastic. One of them has a, a penguin that's crying. Uh, another one is a, a robot made out of plastic. I'm not sure what they're protesting, but I'm sure they'll tell me. And the other one is a turtle with the earth as its shell um, with little bits of plastic coming off it. So it, it's lovely to, to be able to watch them create these different things and, and make something different, make something new. And I can see that our second interviewee has just arrived in the studio. So I'm delighted that he's here. Um, we're, so we are going to be hearing today from Anna from Poland, the wonderful Ritik from India. Um, Anna is also wonderful, by the way, just so you know. Uh, then we also have uh, Marcela from Poland. We have Marlina from um, Argentina and we have Katerina. And I know that there's the possibility there will be some people calling in from different places. So I'm going to start with our first interview with Anna. We're going to have our first couple of interviews. Hello there, Ritik. It is a pleasure to have you here. Lovely um, for to I'll get the words out eventually. Lovely of you to join us. An absolute pleasure to have you here. Um, and I'm going to start, I think, with a couple of interviews before we head off. Um, but before we do have that, um, time for a hello from our sponsors. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go, well-being and mental health programme will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. So we are going to head off for our first pair of interviews before we listen to the news. Um, this is, we're going to hear from Anna and Ritik. Welcome to the show, the wonderful, the amazing, the incredible Anna Oskar from, um, from Poland. So Anna, whereabouts in Poland are you? Uh, well, I am Krakow based, <laughs> so it's in the south of Poland. It's a very beautiful city, full of uh, greenery, full of uh, ancient old buildings too. So it's a very good place to spend your holidays if you wish to come. I'm going to jump in the car you. now. I'll be there soon. Um, so I've got a few questions Go for you today. Um, the first mm -hmm. one, now, they're all important questions, of course. 
The first one is, why did you decide to become an English teacher? Yeah, oh, that's a very simple question, you know, uh, but very important, in fact. Uh, I've always dreamt about teaching uh, whatever. <laughs> so when I was a child, I was teaching all my dolls and uh, teddies, you know, I took the register and did so many things around teaching. I was a math teacher, English teacher. Honestly, English it wasn't very popular at that time. I'm a very mm -hmm. old person. <laughs> Not at all. So, um, you know, I uh, set all my doors and teddies in a row and I was just a teacher. I was uh, really excited about it and, I had a real, a real zest for doing it. And frankly speaking, I'm still as a lot an enthusiast of, of teaching. Of course, now I'm teaching English and I am also a Polish teacher, although I don't have too much practice in practice. <laughs> and I love spending time with my, my students. I, I just like to motivate them and giving um then positive power to uh, to learn to uh, be uh, to be very keen on on learning English especially and they are giving me this positive energy back so therefore I'm still young and full of beings yeah. thanks to them and this that's, is a short story behind yeah. my teaching career <laughs> That's the good thing about real students as opposed to dolls. I mean, dolls can't give you the energy back, but real students can. So yes. the next question is, what's the most difficult thing about teaching English where you live? Well, as I work at school where children with different disabilities also attend, um, and it is is uh, a state school so there is a constant shortage of financial means you know um and there are mixed ability classes so um <laughs> no maybe not much materials we have to to have some props to have some uh, teaching aids to to use uh, those teaching aids we would like to have but uh, despite of all these difficulties, uh, our students have real pursuit of knowledge and they present so much curiosity of life, of learning, not only English, but also different subjects. And I can tell you that my extra classes are always full of students. And this is the reward. All, all these, um, let's say, <laughs> small uh, um, inconveniences do not hinder us in any way you know um we've got also some demanding parents and mm -hmm. they are <laughs> quite a big problem because they are trying to you know interrupt in teaching uh, process and try to teach by themselves too and tell you how to teach but I think it's all over the world that, that parents now also have real power. <laughs> oh, yes. To I, do think, it. I think we've all and had those parents. parents. May I say low salary. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think salary. that's an international yeah, thing as well. It's yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. The biggest uh, yeah. problem. <laughs> definitely, I agree. Um, but so you know, for us teachers, mm -hmm, it's it's you know very very small hindrance yeah. because we love them. We are the enthusiasts. We do. We do. So it seems like you are destined to be a teacher mm -hmm. from from well since forever. I wonder if you hadn't become a teacher, what would you have done? Uh, if I hadn't become a teacher, I would have definitely become a psychologist. I reckon. I really understand people. I am also emotional person. But I can judge anything, you know, also um, <laughs> in a very reasonable way. So I think um, I understand people and their emotions uh, very well. And people trust me. Uh, so this is a very good value. I would have done probably some research on intrinsic and intrinsic motivation. This is, this is what really, um, what, what I really like, what is my cup of tea. And uh, and I also like working with, with children, with students who have some survived some trauma and, and depression and experience depression. And I like to help there. So as, as a teacher, actually I, work with them nowadays i can i have to be a kind of psychologist as a teacher too mm -hmm. especially in this these days are very difficult for children to tackle the reality which is very complicated and complex so yes i think i would have been a psychologist most okay. definitely <laughs> fantastic so the last question um it's it's a difficult one to answer, and I know we've we've kind of kind of answered a, a, a bit with the previous ones. So, the best thing about being a teacher, and the worst thing about being a teacher, you're only allowed to choose one for each one. So you can't have parents and salary for the worst one. We have to choose just one: the best and the worst. Okay, so uh, the best thing obviously is being a Hero being a kind of a mind a shaper and a character builder for for um, for my students and boosting their confidence, self confidence, and learning autonomy. It, it's definitely the most um, advantageous thing, and and this is the advantage for me, both for me and for my students. Either so, so I think it's the best, and and promoting these universal values and taking part in, in such kind of project like yours, uh, promoting caring about our environment and our <laughs> our planet. So, so this is the thing that you can you can be really the, the influencer somehow. Mm -hmm. And the, the worst thing of being uh, in being a teacher is definitely watching uh, my students leaving leaving the school uh, as I have already almost adopted them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they became my family. So. 
So I think it, it's really it's really troublesome for me. I I am really, as I said, emotional person. So. But I know that I that I release uh, that I launch them <laughs> with uh, good values inside and good people, and that's really comforting. <laughs> yeah, it's a real bittersweet feeling, isn't it, when the students leave? Because it's like, I know that yes. they have to go. I just don't want you to because I've spent all this time getting to know you and you know it's That's always right. nice when you That's see them again in future but it's it's really hard to to see them see them leave. Yes. And they always come back and give us the feedback that it was superb in our primary school so so they they come back and share their opinions so it is very nice. Well Thank you so much for answering our questions and heartwarming. Yeah, thank you so much for answering our thank questions today and being amazing and always being there for for us at Renewable English. It's incredible to to have you as as a person, um, as a teacher to to work with. I've learned so much from you over the last few years, and I hope to continue to do so over the next two decades. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, Harry. Thanks for having me. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm going, I have some uh, grafts today, so I'm going to print them out. <laughs> so this is my celebration of the <laughs> Environment Day. Well, have a wonderful yes. day and I'll speak to you very soon. Thank you very much. Um, so there, that was Anna um, tuning in. So she was born to be a teacher by by the sound of it. Now, next up is one of my own personal heroes. Um, he's, I'm not sure he knows how much of a wonderful influence he's had on my life. Um, being able to connect with him and speak to him and his students and watch the incredible things and the incredible environmental movement he started in his hometown. Um, it's absolutely incredible to have been able to speak to him and to be able to connect with him. Um, for me, he's more than just a teacher. I would say he is now a friend um, and he is an incredible human. So next up, we're going to hear from the, the wonderful Ritik. Next, we have another wonderful teacher from across the globe, a big hero of mine. So I'm going to ask him to introduce himself. Ritik, could you tell us about yourself? Uh, yes, of course. Good afternoon. I'm Ritik from Haryana, India, and I have been English teacher. Uh, I, I have been teaching since 2014 in a government school in a rural in a rural area. And yes, I have been a big fan of Sir Harry, and I have been a, a part of our Pearson and BBC group, and I'm happy. It's been wonderful. So I'd like to, it's been a wonderful journey with you, Ritik. Um, I'd like to ask the first question, the same question I've asked the other teachers as well. Why did you decide to become an English teacher? Okay, so to start with, I had an English teacher, Mrs. Susila Devi, in my primary, primary classes. And she was so good. She inspired us to learn more and more English. Uh, vocabulary games, etc. And uh, you might be surprised that when we were in sixth, sixth grade, then we were more fluent than those in tenth grade. Mm -hmm. And this kept kept me going further and further. And I 
was fortunate to get some excellent English teacher throughout my student life. So I got an attraction towards English and I decided to be an English teacher. Amazing. Um, next question. Uh, this is a really tricky one. What's the most difficult thing about teaching English where you live? Yes, the most difficult thing is that the students are not habitual to speak or read English. Uh, because in our area, even teachers, they use dialect, uh, not even our Hindi. Mm -hmm. And when anyone speaks Hindi in its purest form, then people snub him that, okay, you are showing your English. Okay. So in certain environments, it is very difficult uh, to make students speak and listen to English. And they cannot even speak our Hindi properly. So it is a tough time for us, but it is a challenge. And as English teacher, we are fond of accepting challenge. I, I love that. So I've spoken to, to some of our wonderful colleagues from, uh, from Poland and from Greece so far, and all of the problems are different. Um, and I, I like that, that we do all encounter different problems, but we always find ways of, of getting past these problems and, and you know, becoming better teachers. So the next question, mm -hmm. if you hadn't become a teacher, what would you have done? Yeah, of course, it's chess player. And that is just the closest to my heart. I still play online chess. But if I hadn't been a teacher, I would have been a, a chess player. And besides being a chess player, I would love to be a writer also. And this is one thing that I miss quite often. I love that. I love your. I love for the first time I ever got an email from you, and and within your email address it mentions chess, and I was like, hmm, chess, interesting. So I, I didn't, you know, that was the moment that I realised he must really love chess. Yes, yes, it is so nice. I, I'm a big fan of chess as well, but I wouldn't want to go against you because I'm a big amateur at chess. And and the other day I lost to to one of my daughter's best friends. Now, there's nothing more humbling than losing chess to an eight-year-old. Um, it makes you realise. Uh, but yeah, she's really good at chess, so I was happy to lose to her in the end. Um, and the final question. Now, this one, another tricky one. What is the best thing about being a teacher? Just one thing. And what is the worst thing about being a teacher? I think the best thing is that being a teacher provides us an opportunity to give a decisive shape to the future of young generation. Uh, we are nation builder in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. So it is a good thing. It, it is a good thing that we um, make the future uh, take a new step. It is it's a fantastic privilege to have to have as a teacher to be able to yeah. to help shape the future. And the worst thing about being a teacher? Actually, there are so many good things, but the worst thing is that uh, sometimes it is very challenging for a teacher to 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 do his or her duty 
because even policy makers they don't give us free hands they have to impose their own opinion their own methods but the teacher knows how to teach better so this is what thing that we cannot get a free hand i love that answer ritik i i think that will resonate with teachers across the globe that you know within the education system there are people above us you know like we are puppets and there are people above us telling us how to do our job and they've never done their the job before you know they're saying oh we need to learn this and we need to do this and we need to do that and these are politicians and decision makers who've never been in a classroom that would like that would be like me and you going to a surgeon and saying no 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 that's not how you remove the heart you need to use scissors and you need to do that we don't know how to do their job so we don't tell them how to do it there needs to be more input from teachers into policy and decision makers i completely agree with you ritik a resounding agreement from me thank thank you sir and yes it is a pleasure to share my views with you and it has been this has been wonderful to to speak to you and and get another uh, a one to one chat with you um as we will hear from our our other colleagues as well throughout this this episode this penultimate episode of Teachers Talk Radio, well, for the Wednesday Twilight Shows. And it's been a pleasure to have you on, Ritik. Um, continue to inspire your students, but please also continue to inspire me and fellow teachers around the world. You are an absolute treasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's great to be um, with, the, with the best teacher of the world. Yes, I think it is a great thing for me. Amazing. Thank you. That was the wonderful Ritik who uh, called in from India there. Um, and I, I jumped on ELT. Uh, Asia's back there and I apologise. Um, I thought he was making a joke, but of course he wasn't making a joke. We all have our accents. Pues cuando yo hablo en español, tengo mi acento muy guirilú. Um, and that's like just a way of talking about it. So... Um, my apologies there uh, to ELT Asia. Um, I didn't mean to jump on your back, kind sir. Uh, so we're going to head off for the news. And when we come back, we are going to be listening to our last three interviews from people across the globe. Um, yeah. And ELT Asia says he has an accent too. Big up people with accents. Accents are awesome. The best thing about accents is they show um, that we are trying to do something in, in another language. He has an Iranian accent. Um, my my Spanish accent is an English accent. Uh, we have Senem in here who has a Turkish accent. We have Ritik here who has an Indian accent. We all have accents. They're all wonderful. They show how hard we are trying. Um, we will be back very shortly. Stick around um, and we'll hear you in about seven minutes. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. 
our clinically approved, ready-to-go wellbeing and mental health programme will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and wellbeing tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The BBC reports that one in three primary schools has no male teachers. The study by the Warwick Business School says the proportion of schools without a male classroom teacher has increased in the last 12 months. The report's author, Dr Joshua Fullard, said this lack of male teachers was bad for pupils. Dr Fullard is Assistant Professor of Behavioural Science at Warwick Business School. He went on to say that there is a large body of research that shows students benefit from being educated by a teacher with certain similarities to them. The report also found that schools in special measures are less likely to have a male classroom teacher. In total, the report found that 24.3% of all state schools in England had no male classroom teachers. The report called for teachers' pay to be raised by more than 10% and for a merit-based reduction in tuition fees for university-led teacher training to be introduced. Julie McCulloch, Director of Policy for Askell Union, said more needed to be done to attract men and women alike, and a spokesperson for the DfE said the department wanted the profession to be inclusive. Northeast Child Poverty Commission website reports that new figures published by the DfE confirm that more than three in ten pupils across the Northeast are now registered for free school meals. This is an increase from January 2022. It remains the highest proportion of any part of England. The figure of 30.4% is compared with 18.8% of pupils in the Southeast and 19.4% in the East of England. The England-wide rate is 23.8%. All regions have seen a significant increase in the number and share of children eligible for free school meals over the last seven years. The Guardian reports children's enjoyment of writing has fallen to crisis point following research completed by the National Literacy Trust. The charity says an alarmingly low level of children and young people enjoy writing. The research was conducted across the UK. 34.6% of young people aged 8 to 18 said that they enjoy writing in their free time. Although three in four children starting school said that they enjoyed writing, this dropped to one in four by the age of 16. The Children's and Young People's Writing Report is drawn from over 70,000 responses from children to the charity's annual literacy survey. The number of children who say they enjoy writing in their free time has dropped by 12.2% in the 13 years since the survey began. Young people do report that they write to improve mental health and well-being and to support causes or issues they care about. Full details can be found on the National Literacy Trust website. Finally, Microsoft News reports that Taiwan has made the move to use Generative Artificial Intelligence, or AI, to help students learn English. Teachers in the country often report that students read and write better than they speak English, as shyness and a lack of practice can hinder oral communication. A new chatbot has been funded by Taiwan's Ministry of Education to help pupils get the practice they need. 
The cool e-bot allows pupils to speak person to AI and build up conversation on preset topics. It also assesses punctuation, accuracy and fluency. Taiwan has set a goal of becoming bilingual in Chinese and English by 2030. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to ask you a question. Do you use presentation software to help you deliver your lessons? 99% of you will be saying yes at this point. Have you ever considered how many presentations the average pupil in your school sees in a day, in a week, or even in their entire school life? Considering a typical secondary education, with a bit of rough maths, over a week with five lessons a day, there's potential to see 25 presentations. That's 100 presentations in just four weeks. I've left out any additional presentations like assemblies and visitors, etc. Working on a 38-week year, that's a whopping 950 presentations a year. That's a lot of presentations. Now, let's throw in some schools have a standardized slide theme and set layouts. Now we have 950 exactly the same lesson beginnings. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but do we really know what experience a pupil gets through a typical week in school? Are they being engaged or are they being presented with the same visual stimulus day in, day out, simply causing them to fly below the radar. If you're like me, you're now thinking, how do I make my presentation stand out? Is there a presentation software out there that's better than all the rest? In my humble opinion, this is like the visualizer versus HD webcam argument. What works for some does not work for others because all subjects are not the same, which is a good thing, don't get me wrong, but please bear in mind that what works for one teacher may not work for another. A search for free presentation software returns no less than 24 apps I recognize. Some are interactive like Mentimeter, others have more dynamic transitions like Prezi. Most also have additional features and add-ons you can purchase. I know what you're saying, come on Steve, which is the best though? Well the answer is simple, but I've run out of time, so I'll have to tell you next week. In the meantime, please consider the number of presentations a typical pupil is subjected to in your school. Does this need to change, or does it work? And how do you know? Do you have a preferred presentation software and what are the features that make it stand out for you? Let us know at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, we are back again. Yeah, a few concerning things there. Um, writing uh, is dropping. Well, let's get people back into writing. Let's get them writing campaign letters. Check out Cap Tat and campaigning to reduce plastic uh, tat on the front of magazines. Get them writing about something they're passionate about, then maybe they'll join in. Um, not enough male teachers in primary. That's annoying. Um, yeah, there's very different here in Spain. There are quite a few primary male teachers, but it is overwhelmingly female. And then, yeah, training English through AI. Hmm. Guess I'm going to have to kiss goodbye to my job very soon. Uh, so here we go. Next up, we've got Martela, who I spoke to from Argentina. Um, let's see what she says about why she got into teaching and so on. Uh, and next up, our next teacher is from Argentina, the place I actually learned to be a teacher. It's the wonderful Marcela from Buenos Aires. Um, thank you for joining us. Oh, hello. How are you, Harry? Oh, um, it's a pleasure to join you. 
I'm better now that I'm here with you. Um, okay. so would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get oh, started? Oh, yes, of course, of course. Well, my name is Marcela Vizan, as you said. I'm uh, I'm a teacher of English here in Buenos Aires, Argentina, uh, where I was born and where I live, where I still live. And I've been a teacher of English for more than 30 years. Okay, I'm 53 years old already, and I've been working in a classroom for 35 years, more or less, that's a lot. Um, I've taught uh, all kinds of levels and all kinds of students, children, kids, uh, little kids, and adolescents and adults. Uh, but at the moment, um, I'm a teacher uh, in a bilingual school. I've been teaching in this school for 17 years, 18 years, more or less. Uh, but I teach, I'm a teacher of English, but as it is a bilingual school, I teach environmental management, environmental education. Yeah, that's great. It's just <laughs> for you, just for you. And uh, global perspectives, okay? Working with the sustainable development goals, yeah? It's so exciting for me to hear this, like that, you know, that in schools, this is being developed and how important it is towards education. And it's, you know, it's a battle that, that we're starting to win because it is going into yes. schools. It is becoming yes. really important. And yes. to know that uh, the people um, like you are doing, it's amazing. The bad part, uh, Harry, is that I have to tell you that I am lucky because I work in a bilingual school. So that's why I have this, this content subject. Anyway, here in Argentina, we do have a, a law, which is the environmental education law. Uh, which uh, came out in uh, two years ago, in the year 2021. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not a topic that it's in all schools, right, uh, yeah. at the moment. Yeah, that's uh, the bad part. Yeah, I agree with Spain. you that it's something that we must take into the classroom surgently. Yes, yeah. of course. It's very similar here in Spain because we had the, the new education law, the LOM lawyer, that came in in 20, yeah, 2021, I think, as well. Oh, really? Okay. And, and in that, it states that, you know, by the time students leave primary school, they need to have a certain level of sustainability knowledge and these things. But you know how laws take, you know, finally this year, they're starting to implement it in some schools. So next year, so, so three or four years after the law has been written, they're finally kind of getting around to it. But, you know, we can just, we all we can do is keep fighting. Um, and I'm sure we will. And something else. Like, there is another problem. The problem is that, uh, it's a topic that is not implemented in teacher training courses. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, teachers need to train themselves, yeah, to yeah. be able, they have to to educate themselves to be able to take all these topics into the classrooms, right? Uh, so I guess that uh, we should also start by incorporating environmental education into the teacher training courses. 100%, 100%. It needs to go into, you know, CELTAs, DELTAs. It needs to go into what, you know, the DIPSOL, all of the different training there is. And at universities as well. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, this is so important. Another thing I really love, I love it when when you said your surname, because obviously I speak Spanish, but I speak European <laughs> Spanish. So you would say Villan. Yeah, Villan. And you say Villan. Like, oh, it reminds Bijan. me of, of ah, when I was in Argentina. Argentinian. That's yeah, I love Argentinian, it. Of course, the double L. Okay, yeah. that's it. You make it sound Italian as well if you say Villian, okay, yeah. right? Because it, it's an Italian surname, in fact, right? Uh, my my uh, my grandfather uh, was from uh, the Veneto, right, in Venice, in 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 Italy, and uh, so I mean it it comes from there. The surname is from there, but I mean you know that here in Argentina we have basically Italian people and Spanish people, right? Okay, we have lots of Gonzales. 
and Fernandez, okay, and all the, the, the Spanish people together here. Uh, but well, my surname is uh, Italian, it's Villian. But here, the double L, it's Vishan, right? Yeah. That's what, yeah, yeah. It like reminds that. me of when the first day I went to get pizza and I asked for it, para Javar, Javar. And like, for now, if I said that here, people would look at me. But anyway, that's a peculiarity <laughs> of language and how, you know, we speak the same language, but it's different all over the world. So, Boris, yeah, that's it. The core of of um, of this and the idea that I'm speaking to so many wonderful teachers across the globe, I've got a few questions that I, I want to know. Now, you said you've been teaching for, for you've been in the classroom for 35 years. Um, it's difficult to believe. Um, I would like <laughs> to know, why did you decide to become an English teacher? That's it. Well, uh, back at the time in the year 1990. Uh, in 1987, I finished my secondary school at that time. Um, I remember that I had two ideas of what I wanted to be, right? Okay. I wanted to become a psychologist or a teacher, right? Okay. And I, I was in two minds, right? I didn't know what to choose at that time. I remember I talked to several teachers at school and they all said, uh, no, try to become a teacher because, I mean, we see that you have enough patience and that you have... Uh, that you know how to transmit your knowledge and this and that. Well, I said, well, I'm going to become a teacher. But a teacher of what, right? I loved uh, numbers, figures at the time. So I said, maybe a teacher of math. And then someone said, no, but you have a very good level of English, maybe a teacher of English, right? And uh, well, uh, they convinced me, right? And I started uh, taking the teacher training college and I became a teacher of English. At the same time, I finished my secondary education I started working in private institutes here in, 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 in my area. And I remember that I loved it. And I said, yeah, this is what I want to do. And I still feel it's like that, uh, that I, I love what I do. And I love how uh, 35 years in a classroom because I still don't have the age to retire. That's the point. So I, I still have four more years to, to get retirement here in my country. Uh, so, um, I, I still love what I do. I still feel that I'm doing the right thing. Yes, with what I've been, uh, what I decided to to do back at, back at that time. I'm sure you've still got 20 years until retirement. Like you can't convince me you're four years from retirement. Like absolutely not. Uh, yes, and, and I guess that when I retire, I'm, I'm going to do other things as well. I'm planning to to teach a train or to continue working with with teachers because that is what I feel I I, I love doing, and I and I still have the energy to do so. Even yeah. though I, I retire from the classrooms, right? That's a different thing. Yeah, you can't you can't stop. You can't, you're too important to to teaching, so you have to continue. Um, yeah. They... The next question is: What's the most difficult thing about being a teacher where you live, or about being an English teacher where you live? The salary. <laughs> it's it's, it, it, it's not that is not different from a lot of other people. I'm not joking. Oh, well. so, well, I've spoken okay. to five or six other teachers <laughs> and most people, the first thing in there is, bam, salary. And I yeah, couldn't agree right. more. It's uh, the worst part of the job, right? Because you know that, fortunately, um, here in my country, the uh, first of all, the economic situation is not good. Uh, we are having a very uh, bad time in connection with that. Uh, but well, our salary, right, has always been um, on the bad side, let's say, right, uh, which is um, really um, a bad point because, I mean, it should be something to motivate you, 
right? Okay. So that's why I say that when we, when you are a teacher in my country, it's because you really love what you do and you really love, uh, let's say, all the, the environment of uh, the teaching environment, uh, because there is no motivation from outside in that sense, you see? Yeah. Um, so that's uh, the bad point, right? Another very bad point nowadays, and I have to say nowadays because it was not so in the past, um, it's connected with um, the downward side of the of the profession. That is to say, in the past, teachers were regarded as real idols of the people, right? Okay, uh, not nowadays, right? Parents complain a lot. Uh, they come to, uh, let's say, uh, T t tell you how bad you are doing things or how bad or how you should do things, right? Which was not the common thing in the past, right? Yeah. In the past, you were the teacher, you decided what to do and everyone, I mean, considered you a very important person, right? Yeah. Uh, not nowadays, that is I... not so, unfortunately, right? Because, I mean, we are the, the profession that teaches all the other professions, right? Yeah. Okay, so I think that we should be considered a bit more. But I really remember it's not the case. like a few moments, like like a few years back, I was I was working in a school, and uh, there were I was the Cambridge preparation teacher. That was my job to prepare students only for the Cambridge exams, which in a way was yeah. good because it meant I could do what I wanted because it wasn't a syllabus. Yeah. But in another yeah. way, it was bad because there was all the pressure of the exams. And it came up to the time when you know we were saying whether the students were ready to do the exams or not. As the teacher. I knew if the students were ready to do the exams or not. And I said about one child, look, he's not really, he's not really ready. He's, you know, he's, he's mildly almost close, but if he took the exam today, he would fail. You know, there yeah. was, there was two months until the exam. If he works really hard between now and the exam, will he pass? I thought, well, I don't know. I can't say he will pass. There's a chance that he might, if he works really hard. So the yeah, parents okay. insisted, insisted, insisted on him doing the exam. Guess what? He didn't work really hard in those two months. He failed the exam. But whose fault was that? It wasn't the child's Yours. fault. It wasn't the parents' Yours. fault. It was my fault because I didn't teach him enough in those two months. <laughs> you said That's if it. he worked hard, he could pass. I was like, I didn't say that. I said if he worked hard, then might. So yeah, it was. Uh, that was a whole thing. That was that was great. That was my last year of teaching in that school. Surprisingly enough. Yeah, of course, of course. That's it. Uh, that is a bad point nowadays. Uh, anyway, I feel that it's uh, worse uh, with uh, little kids, yeah, because I work with adolescents. I don't uh, feel that pressure, that parents' pressure on me. But yes, with little kids, I feel that it's a much uh, worse nowadays. Yes. Yeah, they, I remember, and they, again, another, I've, I mean, I've got thousands of these anecdotes, but there was a young girl who'd been going to the academy from the age of three, and she was at that point eight. So she'd been there for five years. Um, mm -hmm. And the mum came in complaining, she has American cousins and she doesn't want to speak to them in English. Like, oh. She's eight. She's been coming to an academy for right. two hours a week for five years. Like, that's it, yeah. And she that's was quite right. good. You know, she wasn't too bad. She could say what her name was and she could describe an animal and she could do these things, but she couldn't have a full-blown conversation with her cousins from America. And yeah. I think <laughs> the expectations that parents have okay. that, that, mm, well, that's they're it. paying the money, so obviously... Their students That's are learning. It. And if their students aren't learning, then it's the teacher's fault. 
That's it. Yes, I feel it's like that. It, it has to do with parents' expectations as well. And sometimes when they pay, it's even worse, okay? Because, I mean, the, the expectation is uh, connected with the price they pay, right? Okay, which is not always, let's say, connected with how fast they are going to learn English, right? Yeah. I mean, of That's course, you know, if you're paying more, then you are you have a better chance of your child having more exposure to English. Um, you know, you... There are all sorts of different aspects, you know, to, to yeah. like behind private education. Take into education consideration, such, but, yeah. But like, they seem to think that, it, not with all parents, obviously, but there seems to be this opinion that if they pay for their students to go to the class and their student is in the classroom, then magically the, they will absorb the English through osmosis. You know, they're just sitting in the classroom. English will be upon them and they will speak English <laughs> magically. So, yeah, it was... Um, that's right. An interesting one. Um, now, I worry about the time because one. I know you have a class coming The problem is that society has changed a lot. And so nowadays, um, I feel that in a lot of ways, we feel that a freedom to express ourselves, right? And to say what we want, okay, right? And that happens also at schools and with mm -hmm. teachers. That's a point, yeah? Yeah. Now, we've got two more questions, but one of them I think you've already answered. One of them is, if you hadn't become a teacher, what would you have done? I think you said uh, you would have been a psychologist at that time back at that time uh the psychologist i wanted to be which in fact i think that it's connected because you know that the the teaching profession is connected with psychology we are psychologists way right yeah of course we're working with people and we're working with our students trying to understand themselves what they what they feel what they uh, or what what happens to them to be able to learn correctly we are like kind of psychologists, right? Uh, sometimes trying to, uh, if they come with a problem, yes, trying to reassure them and all that. We are like kinds of psychologists. Um, but if I had to choose nowadays, uh, Harry, I still love what I do. It's true. And I, I feel that the, the teaching profession is full of challenges, which I also love uh, that point. But if... There are so many new courses of studies, so many other professions nowadays, right, that at that time uh, were not common, right, like connected with, for example, technology, right, okay, connected with environment, right, that at that time it was not a common topic at, at all, and now it's a topic I love. Um, because as a person, I am a very curious person. Um, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm always uh, learning something new. I always... I love when I go to bed at night and I say, well, what did I learn today? This, because there is always something new to learn, always, right? So I really uh, feel that maybe nowadays, if at that time I was in two minds, nowadays I would be in more minds, okay, <laughs> <laughs> to choose because there are so many new things that have appeared that I would find it difficult, yeah, to decide uh, what to do, really. Uh, I'm I'm exactly the same, but I... I didn't know I wanted to be a teacher until I started teaching. And then I was like, oh, I like this. Um, so the last, the last question, um, I would like to know that number one, one thing, the best thing only about being a teacher and one mm. thing, the worst thing about being a teacher. So start with worst the thing I've thing. already told you. The worst right. thing you the told thing me, is the salary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what course, is the best thing about being a teacher? And uh, you're only allowed worth... one. If you work independently, it's uh, it's better, right? Okay, that's uh, the truth. Okay, if you work independently, if you work privately in uh, for companies or something like that, it's much better, right? Okay, the, the salary, I mean, is much better. Um, the point is the schools. 
but um, the the best thing, well, uh, I really love it when my students come because I always say that we don't teach. In my case, I don't teach English. Uh, I teach people, right? Okay, I always say that I'm connected with a human person right behind that learning English and uh, uh, with a human uh, being behind that learning English. And I, I feel that the best part is when when you transmit and they absorb and you feel that they are becoming better persons, better people uh, because of what you are teaching in a lot of ways. For example, now that I am teaching environmental education, when they come and they say, uh, Marce, I've started recycling at home and uh, with my parents, we are uh, trying to compost things. Oh, I, I feel great. I feel great because I feel that I am leaving a message, right? And I am transmitting a big message and right the best part of my job really it's amazing um and yeah. i know that you have a class in six minutes so i'm going to wrap yeah, this I up do. now i'm going to press <laughs> stop on the recording so thank you so much for your time i'm so glad we managed wow. to get this in this has been it's wonderful. always a pleasure to talk to you and to share things because we, we have a lot of things in common so it's always great to be sharing things with you we really do i can't wait to be out in argentina to see you and i can't wait till you're over in spain so we can hang oh out. yeah it will be great it would be Thank wonderful you so much. yeah you're you amazing come with your wife and your child and we will have a nice time here amazing well i'll see you soon yeah, i'm getting on the plane <laughs> okay you. yeah please do <laughs> bye-bye okay we'll be great Welcome. Next up, we've got Madlina coming in from Poland, somebody else I've been lucky enough to connect with over the last few years. And um, we're going to hear her reasons for becoming an English teacher too. So let's welcome Madlina. Welcome to our next amazing international teacher. So welcome Madlena. Hi Madlena. Where are you from? And tell us something about you. Hi. I'm from Poland. I'm from Konin. I teach English in primary school and I'm really happy to join the meeting. Amazing. So why did you decide to become an English teacher? Because I love English. I uh, always listen to English. I watch English movies, not in Polish version, but in English. So that's why I try to teach my students to do it so that they get the right pronunciation. And, uh, I saw uh, really English music when I was really young, MTV, and mm -hmm. that was the time when MTV, wa uh, MTV was focused on music, not on uh, stuff like uh, commercials and catfish, something like this. Mm -hmm. And I love people, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I loved when MTV had music. They were the good old days. <laughs> so what's, yes definitely yeah what's the the most difficult thing about teaching english in poland i believe that uh, parents are more and more demanding they believe that marks are more important than knowledge this is sad really and i'm really honest the government because i teach in primary school and and I believe that teaching grammar is not as important as teaching speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, I would be happy if they move the grammar aspects, uh, such as passive voice or reported speech, uh, to high school. I've got only three lessons per week, and high school teachers uh, 
as far as I know, they that uh, they have, uh, for example, five lessons a week. There's a difference. And the brain uh, is not as well developed in primary school as in high school. The government doesn't see this, uh, unfortunately. Well, so when it comes to grammar as well, sorry, sorry. When it comes to grammar as well, reported speech and passive voice, we can teach it with speaking. You know, we can teach our students how to do it, but we don't need to say, look at this image. You know, the passive voice is formed by blah, 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 blah. It's that's not interesting for a seven, eight, <laughs> nine year old. But we can. You know, yeah. Students can be taught how to use the passive voice without a, a grammatical structure to it. So I completely agree with you. So the next question. Um, Oh, go on you, okay. please. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Please continue. <laughs> and, uh, I believe that people uh, have to uh, feel that the teacher wants to teach them speaking and wants to teach them something that is outside the classroom, not inside the classroom. I always tell that not only exercises are uh, very important, so we don't go with one exercise, the second one, the third one, and then we check it but i believe that uh, it's always good to give uh, students the knowledge from outside the classroom how you speak uh, how you link the words connected speech uh, that we say for example don't you not don't you uh, it mm -hmm. uh, um, it sounds much better i believe so that's why uh, and make them want to speak i have to tell you that i had a few lessons with uh, with you uh, uh, native speakers thanks to pearson uh, a year ago and with you i was uh, a month ago a few days ago we had uh, lessons about uh, plastic uh, mm -hmm. and change makers and my students were really happy to join them and I will be trying to make uh, another um, another meeting. Uh, but my students will are going on a trip on that day. So <laughs> they're always know, welcome in renewable oh, English. Yes. On Fridays, they're always welcome as well. So okay. the next question: if you hadn't become a teacher, what would you have done? Hmm. Probably I would be a secretary, something like this. I'm very good at organizing things, uh, documents, stuff like that. But I really like uh, contact with people. So maybe an international uh, secretary, something like that. Because I really like uh, talking in English and I really like to have an, a contact with people from other countries. Uh, it happened to me that I saw people uh, talking in another language and I had to go in and I, ha and I had to talk with them mm -hmm. uh, or help them, for example, if they didn't uh, know how to say something like that. I'm that kind of a person. Yeah, I think a lot of teachers have that kind of desire to help others. So um, it's a big thing there. Mm -hmm. And finally, the last question. I want to know the best thing only one thing and the worst thing only one thing about being a teacher what do you think uh, the best thing about being a teacher is for me the gratitude of my students mm -hmm. 
uh, they, for example, draw me on my lessons uh, even. Uh, the small kids, uh, something like uh, seven year old, stuff like that. And uh, the, uh, I've got a really nice uh, last classes, uh, eighth classes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I get from them a few nice things, for example, cards with saying Happy Easter. This is uh, really nice because I know that they... Uh, appreciate what I do for them and uh, the uh, uh, meetings with you, for example. So, so uh, this is very nice. Fantastic. And the worst, and the thing, worst thing? The salary. Oh, yes. This is the worst thing. Honestly, I won't say anything more about this one, okay? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's an almost universal one. As teachers, we work so hard and Mm -hmm. We don't really get, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think we earn what we deserve um, because it, it's not an easy job. Um, but the, yeah, the salary is, is pretty low. So there we go, Madalena. It's been a pleasure speaking to you and, and hearing your, your ideas and your opinions. Um, thank you so much. And I can't wait to see you in, in a few more live lessons. Okay, I will be doing, doing my best to be there okay thank you, so thank you for uh, hosting me today and uh, i wish you very nice and good luck you too cheers and we'll be back with our, our final interview with uh katarina from greece in just a moment so stay with us it's time for a fresh start to language learning Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go, well-being and mental health programme will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. We are back with, oh, hi there, Peter or Peter. How are you? Um, I can see Minhait is here as well from uh, Myanmar. How is everybody? Um, so, Peter, where are you based? Where are you based at the moment? We're just talking to English teachers from around the world at the moment. We've spoken to Anna and Marlena from Poland. We've spoken to Ritik from India, uh, Marcela from Argentina, um, and Katerina is coming up and she's from Greece. Uh, they're all English teachers and they've all been uh, teaching for for many many years uh, so we're going to go to Katarina now if anyone would like to give a call in after this then absolutely feel free to do so next up we're going over to Greece um, another one of our wonderful teachers that I, I've learned and met and spoken to over the last two or three years um, so rather than me introducing you and missing anything out that I might miss out would you like to introduce yourself 
Yes, of course. Okay, so I am Katerina Yerondi. I'm from Greece, Athens, and I've been a teacher for 32 years. An EFL Woo! teacher for 32 years. Yeah. Impossible. Impressive, isn't it? <laughs> Did you start teaching when you were six? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for the compliment. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, impossible. You can't, nobody else can see the video here, but Katarina, it doesn't look possible that she could have been teaching for 32 years. Absolutely impossible. I refuse to accept it. Yeah, this is what teaching will do to you. So you stay young. Ah, didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Anyway, uh, Katerina, thank you so much for coming on. Now, you say you've been teaching for 32 years, impossible, but why did you decide to become an English teacher in the first place? Well, I think that I was born a teacher. I mean, um, at some point I met a friend from high school and when I told her that I was a teacher, she was, yeah, I could see that one coming. <laughs> so um, I always loved the language. And I always knew there was going to be some kind of a, I don't know, a person that would guide other people through life. So I guess that is a combination of both. I like that. It's, it's, um, there's a common theme with a lot of teachers that have that feeling that, you know, they were, they were kind of born to be a teacher. It was a calling. I mean, I wish I'd been born to be a multi-billionaire, but I don't think that was the case. <laughs> but never mind. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> no. Um, what's the most difficult thing? You're young. Yeah. What's the most difficult yeah. thing about being a teacher where you live? So, so for you in Greece, in Athens, maybe. Okay. So, um, yeah, I guess the biggest problem, but I don't know if that is a global issue, is that parents force kids to start taking exams at a very, very, very early age. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you get students who are 12, 13 years old, and they have to write uh, reviews of books, never having read a book in their lives, mm -hmm. never having read a review of that. Um, or you, they need to discuss about, uh, discuss ecological issues. Um, and last year we got a topic about volunteering and they didn't have a clue because that topic was something that a nine-year-old was called to discuss. So I think that in most of the country, that is one of the major problems. Yeah, I think this this huge uh, emphasis... You know, the kids are too young when yeah. they are asked to perform. Yeah. This emphasis on exams is, is a universal thing, Yeah, I mean, thing, it, I it, it has become a lot... Exactly, exactly. It has become a lot about academic achievement rather than communication. I mean, language is in essence just a way to communicate, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so, you know, it can be tricky. Yeah, I get very aggravated. You know, when I was teaching in a, a school a few years back, my job was the Cambridge preparation teacher. So from, you know, the age, I had students oh, yes. as, as young as six. So we were preparing them for the Cambridge Young Learners exams. And then the argument is, well, if they do these exams, then they'll be prepared to do other exams later down the line. And it's like, yeah, but why do we want to be preparing them so they can do exams later down the line and not preparing them to communicate? It drives me crazy. Yeah, 
you're you're talking to my heart honestly you're i mean the, we are totally on the same page um it's supposed to be fun um you know it's a tool it's you know it can open up new worlds it shouldn't be about studying 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 stressing out reviewing so there's more to the language than the, than just that yeah i completely agree so you said you were born to be a teacher um but imagine in some parallel universe you hadn't become a teacher what do you think you would be doing now nah i'm gonna shock you um i would have been a different type of teacher <laughs> maybe a maths teacher <laughs> i would have been some kind of an instructor i mean at some point i thought i could do something like uh, become an aerobics instructor um so I, I i think i would still be more or less in the line of teaching yeah yeah you know i was like a kid of the 80s so the whole mm -hmm. jane fonda <laughs> oh, <frenzy. yeah. laughs> so you know to me it would be some kind of teaching apart from the time when i considered becoming a firefighter so okay. you you can tell that the rationale behind everything is helping yeah. um you know contributing to society so that's always been my thing. And I think it's going to be forever. So now I'm actually considering um, organizing courses for grown-ups, but which are not academically uh, orientated. So I'm thinking of, you know, just getting together, enjoying a glass of wine, um, discussing current issues, personal issues. So just using the language again as a means of communication, but in a more, you know, lax environment. Brilliant. Now, the last question we have here, um it's a big question yeah yeah it's a big question but i want you to decide on only one thing for each so the best oh. thing about being a teacher yeah. only one thing and the nice. worst thing about being a teacher okay. only one thing oh mm -hmm. i can start okay i'm going to start with the worst thing for okay. me personally the worst thing for me is that it can get emotionally draining um, I, I don't know if that is because of uh, two years of quarantine and all the mess that brought about, but to me, that is the biggest issue, that you're always on the verge of burning out mm -hmm. and you need to train yourself to take care of yourself so that you can, you know, be up to the whole situation. Best thing, it is by far the most rewarding job on the planet. Um, I mean... Some days ago, I was walking in the street and um, a teenage student of mine saw me and the fact that he didn't pretend not to have seen me and the fact that he crossed the street and he hugged me right in front of all his friends. Okay, that was, you know, it was a glimpse of heaven for me. So nothing can beat that feeling. So to me, that's the most important thing about teaching. It is incredible that reward you feel. I, I got a message on on Facebook a few years back from somebody I taught in Vietnam in two thousand and eight, um, and he just sent me a message saying, "Hi Harry, um, it's Jackson here. Just wanted to, I saw you on Facebook. Just wanted to say hi, and I still remember those awesome classes we had. And there's just me like, oh, he remembers uh, me. You melted, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I melted. And it's not just because it's 8,000 degrees outside. I, I melted on the inside as well. Uh, yeah. Um, 
it has been Thank wonderful you. speaking to you um, and catching up with you. Um, you I'm so going much. to press stop on the record now um and say thank you yeah. very much and yeah i'll speak to you very soon thanks thanks for everything thank you so much thank you thank you Live. that was everybody that they were our five teachers from across the globe they were here they did share all of their different ideas and all of the, the different things that they've been talking about i did have another interview from somebody in from Venezuela, but I cannot seem to download it um, from Telegram as I spoke to them on that. So um, I'm afraid that everybody is about that. It's been wonderful being here. There is one show left. We'll be back next week and we're going to be talking all about LGBTQI rights again. So um, we're going to be speaking to the amazing three of the the, the best guests that have ever been on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, so it will be Tyson Seaburn will be here, who I spoke to a couple of years ago. Today is actually the second anniversary of his book. Um, the, uh, the other guests are going to be Taylor Vega, who was on a few uh, months back. And then Peter Fulliger, who was a guest on um, Jane Ritter's show about a year or so ago. And we're going to be talking about LGBTQI rights um, and so on and so forth. So please be back. Do join us again and uh, you will hear from us very soon. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.